Welcome to another episode of Records Revisited, a podcast dedicated to the magic of music. I'm your DJ, your MC, the host on the East Coast. I'm Ben Montgomery. Joining me, well, I just don't know where I can begin. What he needs is a good defense because he's feeling like a criminal. Here's my co-host from the left coast, Wayne Fugate. Hola, Ben. I mean, so for this episode, we have a special guest. She recently released a great record called Beautiful Day. Please welcome to the podcast, Abigail Dowd. Hey, thanks for having me. Absolutely. Um, We were just talking offline that Wayne and I are both tired, so I'm hoping you have some energy to bring to this episode, (laughs) because... Man, it's it's been a long couple of weeks. Like I tried to go on vacation with the family and um no vacation goes unpunished. So I get back and like I've got a couple projects that are going sideways on me and then I I received another client from my my new boss and yeah, I'm just super busy and so I'm tired. Wayne, I'm tired. <laughs> Anyways, I'm, I'm going to stop talking because I feel like an old man <laughs> bitching right now. Get off my lawn! I know, seriously. Premise of our podcast, fairly simple. Sorry, Abigail, you had to hear that. Uh, we talk about music, but as we do at the beginning of each podcast episode, I ask the all-important question. Wayne, I'm going to start with you. What t-shirt are you wearing? I am wearing a Mud Honey shirt. Uh, Very fairly good. new. I believe the title "Digital Garbage," which I don't know why it looks like it's got a cat. Uh, I don't know, trying to work a dishwasher or something. I'm not sure. Oh, that's kind of cool. Okay, all right. I just finished watching a documentary of UFOs, and like, "Cat on Mars" is kind of what comes through on my screen. <laughs> cat on Mars. Hmm. Okay, that's cool. Uh, but I'm uh, tired too. So. <laughs> Dang it! You were supposed to bring the energy, Abigail. Okay, all right. Well, um, what uh, what T-shirt are you wearing? I've got my Steve Poltz. Do you know Steve Poltz? Uh, that, that's oh, very funny my that gosh, you mentioned that. That is hilarious that <laughs> you were bringing this up. I love Steve, really? Yeah. Last, was it last Tuesday we recorded uh, a, a episode on Jules' Pieces of You? Yes, we did. <laughs> oh, and, how cool. And, and we brought up Steve because he, you know, he co-wrote a few of the songs. And he also has a song where he, I can't remember, what what, what is the name of the song? Where he is like trying to pick up somebody in a bar and he drops the line of, did I mention that? I wrote a song with Jewel. Yeah, that I wrote a song with Jewel. So, <laughs> anyways, he's a character. I love that's, Steve. That's, ver- that's very cool. That's very cool. All right. Well, I am wearing a shirt that I got on my vacation. It is a, a San Antonio Chaclas. Um, it is the alter- alternate team name for the AA baseball team. Do you guys, can you guys see that? the the yeah, hat here it's cool do you know do you know what a chocolate is no i have no idea i had to look this up as well and as soon as i looked it up i'm like oh, i gotta get that shirt um i guess in latin american countries when the parents want to get the attention of their kids they'll take off their sandals and throw it at their kids to get their attention so the alternate team name is the flying chocolates oh i love that that's so awesome. I'm like I've I've got to buy that I got to buy. Do that you have shirt kids? Now. Has this changed the way you parent? 
Um, I don't wear sandals on a regular basis, but I am tempted now. Well, Eddie, Eddie Murphy uh, had a bit about his mom and her shoe. Like she kept it in a holster on her hip, actually. That, that's right. That's right. <laughs> that's right. Yes. All right. Um, well, let's dive into this. So new album, third, third album, correct? Third album. So, yes. so, so tell us about the making of this one. Cause, um, I think one thing that I read was, uh, there was a little turmoil in making this record. I mean, you could look at it like that. I think most people would look at it like that, but for me and Steve Pultz actually goes with that. And I didn't even do that on purpose. Um, I, sh- I should have thought about that, but I'll, maybe I'll take credit. My subconscious okay. mind yeah. knew exactly what was going down. Um, our house flooded like seven or eight times. And I remember I had met Steve back in like 2018. We had just gotten married. My husband and I had just gotten married. I didn't marry Steve Pulse. Um, <laughs> we had just gotten married and I took a class with Steve on fearlessness. And okay. like he had promised that if you – it's out in Lyons, Colorado, and it's called Song School, and we're all out there, and we camp, and it's like a week long, and um, you read through, and you can just like go show up at any tent that yeah. you know appeals to you. And Steve's got a tent. I've never heard of Steve, and I read the description of this dude, and it promises that if you come to his class, he will remind you that songwriting is fun. It's on songwriting and fearlessness. And okay. you will likely become enlightened or win the lottery or both if you take this class. Oh. And I'm yeah. like, this is, I'm, I'm good with either one of those. Um, so I'm probably closer to enlightenment than winning the lottery <laughs> after spending time <laughs> with Steve. But it was a class on fearlessness and it was so cool. So I come home from being out in the sun of Colorado and our house like floods like a month later and i just started writing songs like with fearlessness without worrying about oh my god i'm never going to write another good song again you know that's what we songwriters kind of do you write a good song and then you you think that's it it's the last one i'm ever going to write well Um, less podcasters kind of view that as well we're like that was such a great episode i'll probably never be able to do another one like that so it's funny how we do that to ourselves i know so that's why i dip into like steve pulp's territory it's a, we're allowed to have fun. Yeah. So I just start writing songs, and what? then our house floods. Hold, hold, hold on a sec. What what is going on over there? Oh my! I think my head, my wireless headphones were dying. Okay. Okay. I'm like so I plugged them in. Do, do you have like a bee in your? I, I thought. In, I, I assume like, that no one's paying attention on? to me. This is the part where I I slide into the background. This is the part where I really wish that we recorded video as well, because man, you were going crazy over there. Uh, I'm sorry, Abigail. I'm sorry. I'm not. Oh my gosh. No worries. This Wait, is past my bedtime. Attention. I know. Seriously. Something else. Um, all right. So, so based off of that, so is River about yeah. that experience? Okay. So, well, That's sort what... of. Not real. Yes and no. Um. I was actually, I wrote that song the year after, um, sitting in the same river where I had met Steve Poltz on the St. Vrain River. We were camping and I skipped all classes that year. Steve wasn't there. I wasn't in the mood. We had been on the road all summer 
So I'd sleep in my tent and I got out one day and I sat in the middle of the river and I took my guitar and I propped my phone on my knee and I hit, you know, the record and just, and St. Vrain, which is the intro to river. um, It just like, it all kind of came out in one piece. And that night our house flooded. We had, it had flooded. We had to remodel the whole house mold remediation i had to move in with my in-laws for three months and live you know in my husband's high school bedroom which is a whole story in and of itself um and that's where i wrote some of the songs like one moment at a time i love my in-laws it was an amazing experience but i did have to learn to take it one moment at a time because my husband was not living with me in his high school bedroom he was trying to fix our house so we fix our house i'm out in colorado and I've just sat in the river and this river has helped me write this amazing song and I don't know where it came from. And then that night my husband calls me and he goes, it's happening again. It's flooding all over again, worse than ever. And it just pretty much took out our house. It turned out that it wasn't just flooding. It was literally filling our house with like sewage and the ductwork. And which is why I had been sick for years. It was, it was, you know, a good time. So I had to move out of the house again and the city ended up buying and demolishing our house. Yeah. So we have now never buy a house at the bottom of the hill. No. River wash me home. Heaven ain't up. Hell ain't My feet are tired, Lord, they're tired I'm gonna wash them in the river My tongue is burning, it's on fire I'm gonna fill my cup in the river Cause I've got stories in my bones that want to be told Lay my burdens down, Lord, and let them go River wash me home. Heaven ain't up, hell ain't below. We learned a good lesson, but this album came out of that whole experience. Like one of yeah. the songs I wrote on a neighbor's front porch, Beautiful Day, was written on the front porch of a neighbor's Great house. Song. And it, thank you. It was just a really cool, you know, when you're a songwriter, you think, um, the folklore behind being a musician is that you're going to have a drug addiction and live on friends' couches and be poor for the rest of your life. And that's sort of a scary thing to like quit your job to become a song full-time musician and go, am I okay with being homeless? And you go, yes. And then when my house flooded and I literally couldn't go live in our house for seven months, it was like the most abundant time in my whole life. There were so many people who wanted to take me in And it was this amazing experience of like, I didn't have to do laundry because I only had like a few clothes and a suitcase and I got okay with smelling bad most of the time. I didn't have to do the dishes. I didn't have to walk my dog. My poor husband was doing that. And I didn't have all of these responsibilities that go with home ownership because I didn't have a home. And I had all this time to write songs. It was amazing. So that, that's 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 very cool perspective. I think that if I had if I had to live with my in-laws, Wayne, I would probably write a bunch of punk songs. <laughs> there you go. 
Uh, just nice. would w- there would not be any beautiful days coming out of out of that experience for me. But anyway, that's because you haven't taken Steve Steve Polt's class on fearlessness and reached pro- enlightenment. Nope. Like once that nope. happens. Nope, I haven't done that. I haven't done that. All right, I do have to ask you about the about the album um, because there's there's a lot of religious themes on uh, on the album. After the fall, I think after the fall might be my favorite song on the record. Oh, that's so cool. Um, I know Wayne. Every time I bring up, I think this is my favorite song, and the the musicians are always like, really. That's your that's your favorite song of it, anyways. Um, but the 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 topic kind of comes up a lot. The religious overtones. So it so, does. I don't, I don't mean for it to. It to. Okay. All right. It, it comes just, out of me. I was just curious. Are you critical of the God stuff? Because there's also the the grandmother moon that celebrates a creator, right? Yeah. Is that the one that has the? Okay. Yeah, that's Grandmother Moon to Creator I Give Thanks at the very end of the album. You know, yeah. it really does come out of me, and it it's not something, it doesn't bother me that it comes out of me, but it's not, I think about it all the time. Because when I was a little kid, when um, my parents separated when I was like two and a half, and we moved, okay. um, we had to move into the parsonage of a Pentecostal church. Minister didn't need the the parsonage. He had a big old nice house. So my mom and I move into the, you know, this parsonage that's right behind this Pentecostal church that my mom had grown up in. And so, you know, I have all these memories. My memories go back to like being one year, one year old. So when I'm two and a half, like between two and a half and three and a half or so, like I was immersed in this really strange world where I would go to church with my with my mom and play the tambourine with my you know tongue speaking great grandmother and and those were like these beautiful memories of my great grandmother and and at the same time in the evenings we would go to the service where the minister would jump up and down slamming his bible around screaming whooping and hollering and um the most I knew about Jesus was this little light of mine. I'm going to let it shine because I liked singing it in Sunday school. But then there's this sure. guy jumping around telling us we're all going to hell. And I can remember thinking, uh-uh. That, no, he didn't come yeah. to Sunday school this morning. But I think it was really, I think it was both traumatic, but also a really good lesson for everywhere there's light, there's darkness. I mean, and I had... I don't know. It creeps up in my songwriting all the time. I think partially because music was such a big piece in my life from the get-go. Yeah. And I loved singing, and the music was, like, you know, so good. We're all whooping and hollering, and, you know, that little (laughs) sliver of my life did not last very long. But it left a big impression, and that song, After the Fall, most definitely came from, um, from that. Okay. Thinking about Brother Wayne. Brother Wayne. Brother okay. Wayne. Yeah. And it's not meant to be a criticism. It just, it's like fearlessness, man. You write what you write. It just comes out. I don't write my lyrics down. I sing them until it sticks. Okay. Okay. And I go, yeah. well, I guess that's what it is. Love it. All right. I love it. Well, I'm glad you love it. Um, Sometimes Wayne- my mom gives me the side eye. 
<laughs> Wayne, did you get you got a chance to listen to uh, to yeah, the, the record? Uh, I would say Diamond was my favorite track, but okay. I was uh, I was mesmerized by Apple Trees. Like I really love. I I don't know. I just love that song. I think there's that's what I think. There's like this touch of this Celtic folk in there that just gives you this like your own unique sound, and I just that song really uh, highlighted that to me. Yeah. Listening for loons I can still hear them do All the fires that we made Like the bed where we There is hardly a trace of the love that we made Or the life that I thought would be mine I was noticing this on on the socials. I haven't really posted much about new music that I'm listening to because usually I try and do that um, interspersed with all the you know the the old man crap that I'm listening to. And part of the reason why I haven't done it is I've noticed that the only two newer albums that I'm listening to are Abigail's and then Leah Leah Blevins album just came out on friday it's amazing so anyways there's my endorsement for leah and now i'm gonna have to have her come on the podcast because that that album is just incredible anyways that's what i'm gonna listen to tomorrow I okay heard it. um are, are do you like the margot price type of old country yeah old country yeah okay that's that's leah Okay, yeah. that's cool. Yeah, I I just I totally dig it. Anyways, what so why don't you tell me what what are you what are you listening to these days? Well, the funny thing about having to choose what album we were going to talk about is I go through these periods where I went through like a 10-year period where I only listened to classical music. Okay. Um, and that was back from like I don't know, maybe 99 to 2009. And now it's mantra music. So I listen to a lot of mantras. Okay. And it's just like it's always playing. And so I'm not really hip to what's going down in the music scene. So, so tell me what the mantra music is. Because when I think of that, I'm thinking like some early George Harrison. Is that is that what you're talking oh, about? I love George. No. No? But I, okay. love, I love George Harrison. See, this is good for me. Now I'm going to like turn on something new okay um, mantra music it's like a chant it's like a yeah. prosperity mantra like you know or a protection mantra or yeah but usually they're in a language called gurmukhi um, okay 
and it's just I'm learning blazing. stuff. I'm learning stuff here. Yeah, here. so there's all these meridian points in your mouth. So there's like 80, you know, the same way we have like acupuncture points in our body. We have like 84, okay. 82 or 84 meridian points in your in your mouth itself. And so when you chant a mantra, it's actually like tapping. And it, it does okay. something to your brain, which I'm not going to pretend to understand or be able to right. explain intelligently. But that that was a big influence on this album was when my when the world seems to be falling apart around me, you know, to come back to like just sound and mantra. Yeah. And I would just chant, you know, over and over again. And it would keep my mind from telling stories. This is the end of the world. This is going to happen. It's like I could stay in the present moment by like just coming back to the sound and coming back to this mantra. And it's just, that's kind of what I listen to most okay. of the time. My good, good friend, Emily Scott Robinson has a new album coming out. Yes. Um, do you know Emily? We, she just we, released Old Gods. We do. We had we had Ron Pope on a few months ago, yeah. and, and and he told us we've got to get Emily Scott on. And you do. Uh, yes. So we we we'll we'll be reaching out. I know she she was when he recommended her. She was just finishing up recording the album, so I didn't reach out, but. She's got to be in promotion mode at this point, Wayne. So yeah, we she is. So she just to. signed to Oh Boy, Oh Boy Records. Yes, I saw that. Um, and she released good, good Old Gods. Her. I was with her at the stu- in the studio, and I sang um, background background vocals on two of okay. the songs, and the one that just came out, Old Gods. I'm on there. Now, does um, she record in Colorado as well? Um, no, she recorded here in North Carolina in Asheville oh, at Echo Mountain. Okay, but okay. she. Um, Jason Richmond, who produced Beautiful Day, um, yeah. my third album, she worked with him on this one. Okay. So right. it was fun to like get to go hang out in the studio with the crew. And Very good. Just get to hang and sing background cool. vocals. Very so cool. that's I've been listening to her album a lot because I already have it. Yeah, well, you're one of the lucky ones. It doesn't come I out for so. another couple of weeks. So yeah. All right. All right. Well, tell tell us what ep, uh, what album you decided to revisit for this episode. I went back to my fifteen year old self, to my best friend, like hanging out with my best friend Karen from high school, and we would lay in bed and listen to Fiona Apple's title, and okay. be mad at our parents and wonder why the world was so unfair. That's that's it. That's it. That's it. And yeah. I had no idea when we picked this album that. It was, we lost Wayne. Uh-oh. <laughs> Where'd he go? Should we wait for Wayne? Yeah. Um, I think he's coming back on. Uh, um, we just lost him again. Hi. Yeah, I'm What's getting going on? Saying it keeps re- wanting to refresh. Is this recording? Are you recording this? Because it's saying oh. my recording stopped. Uh, so it says this, the user's computer is not allowing Riverside to record something about your over storage. You might need to clear your cache of all the bad things that you look at at a regular basis. Oh, this is a work Wayne. computer. That does not happen. Uh, <laughs> you might want to get rid of some work stuff then. How do you clear cache? Delete some of those spreadsheets. See, it's a good thing that I'm recording uh, on a, on the backup right now, Wayne. Yes. Yeah. Sorry, Abigail. 
Oh, no worries. If this is the least of our problems today, we've done good. Hey, you know what? We're still ahead of the Mark Bryan episode. That's all I can say on that. Do you, do you want us to continue while you figure this out? Wayne? Yeah, go ahead. I'm, I'm just trying to figure okay. out how to clear cash. All right. So I was analyzing this the other day. Um, I, I, I bought a collection of CDs, and in, in the collection, there was a greatest hits of Huey Lewis and the News. And I'm on, I'm on record that I don't really like Huey Lewis and the News. Like, the, it's okay, but it just doesn't do much for me. And I think the reason why is my parents liked Huey Lewis and the News. So I... So I think that instinctively I'm supposed to not like Huey Lewis in the news because they did. Is that, That's fair. Is that, pre- is that pretty – I did a little self-analysis on that. I don't know if that's accurate or not, um, but yeah. So – and we just lost <laughs> – <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm totally keeping this added in um, of all of his – issues tonight um it's usually not like this i swear it's not it's like okay and and he's back i think i got it fixed sorry you you got it you got it i'm not getting the message box anymore sorry go on my gosh you're supposed to just between the b in your in your headphones and this wayne like you're Ah, you're doing well usually i just sit back here by myself not bothering anybody anymore Not, not today, not today. So I, I do have to apologize to you, Abigail, because I did, I did veto your first pick. You did. That I, was fair. That was I, totally I, fair. So I rarely veto picks. So let me tell you the reasoning. So you picked Janice Ian, right? I did. Is that, Between is the that lines. Right? Yeah. Between the lines. Did your parents like that too? When you- no, no, no. Nothing against Janice Ian. Um, I know at 17, it's a fine song. I'm sure the rest of the album is also fine. Let me tell you the reason why. Okay. So we had, we had an artist on here, what, about a year ago who picked Buffy St. Marie. Yeah. Do you know Buffy St. Marie? I do, but only because people tell me that I remind them of her. Oh, okay. Well, if you're into the, the mantra stuff, that's, that's. Right up your at right up the alley of of Buffy St. Marie. Fine, fine episode. The guest was great. She's not super well known. Um, Buffy St. Marie, not super well known. Um, it's our least downloaded episode. I, well, it made sense. It was a really good reason. Yeah. So I wanted to make sure that that you picked somebody. And, and it, that, that people would listen to. And and honestly, when you came back and said, I want to do Fiona Apple's title, I was like, yes, let me tell you the reason why is our age demographic of listeners are people who were in college in the 90s. That's and that's really what it comes down to. So that's cool. I'm, I'm going to guess that 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 you're going to get your name out to all of those people who were in college who probably don't know you. And that's probably part not. of the reason we we want to promote the guests that come on. I mean, we want to make sure that the time that you're spending with us is actually worth worthwhile and is getting you some listens and I think that that's so does. cool. Okay. 
And when I get, you know, really big, then I'll go out and spread the gospel of Janice Ian. But in the meantime, I'm going to let Fiona spread my gospel. Right, right, exactly. That's that's totally it. All right. So so you already mentioned, was it 14-year-old self? That was 15. 15-year-old. And, and I was also saying, I, hadn't, I didn't realize that July 23rd, I know this because that's my husband's birthday, July 23rd okay. was the 25th anniversary of that release. So it, was. it just... It just worked out. There we go. There we go. Um, I don't know how that was 25 years ago. I, d- I don't either. That We're all shaking our head going, no way. This, no way. Um, it was the debut studio album from Fiona. Um, it was a commercial success for her. She did have six singles from the, the record. I did not know that she had six, though. I knew... I knew Shadow Boxer. I knew uh, Criminal and Sleep to Dream, um, but I didn't realize that Slow Like Honey was also a single. Yeah, I didn't either. I don't have any chart position for it. First Taste also was, and Never Is a Promise were also considered singles. Anyways, we'll talk about each of the 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 the, the commercially known singles. Um, she did win a Grammy for one of the songs off of off of this album. Well, let, let me just get the trivia out of the way here first. All right, so she won the Grammy Award for Best Female Rock Vocal Performance, and she beat the, out the following. And you guys tell me if um, this is this is uh, she she won it fair and square. All right, here are the other nominees. Uh, Ani DeFranco for Shy. I don't know that song. Wayne, do you know that song? No, not a, no. I remember it. Abigail, do you know DeFranco that song? Was big, but I don't no. know the song. No. Here's one that you guys will know. Bitch, oh, Meredith Brooks. Brooks. That was oh, huge. No. It was um, huge. Definition of so one-hit wonder. Because she said bitch. That's. Yeah. I think that that's the only reason why. If she would, if somebody would release a song called "Bitch" now, it wouldn't chart. I, you know, it's it's just that word no longer is heady. Um, Aubrey Moore, Four Leaf Clover. You know that one, though, don't you, Wayne? I'd have to hear it. Can you hum, hum a few bars? Yeah, up? I would too. I don't. I'm not gonna. I'm a few bars. Uh, Patty Smith, nineteen. Is it nineteen fifty nine? I don't know that song. No, I did. Honestly, I don't know Patty Smith output from the nineties. So I don't either. But I just finished her book, and it was so good. The book was really good, but she doesn't go into the nineties in that yeah. one. Is that yeah? So, um, and I just bought. I just bought uh, Horses on CD. Ooh. Oh, I need to get that one. I, I actually on don't have a CD player. So <laughs> so, yeah. I, I, have, I have it on CD <laughs> and vinyl now. There's there's a few must albums that I need to have on multiple multi, multimedia. Um, all right. Production. Andrew Slater is the producer of this. Do you guys know Andrew Slater? I do now, and I loved Echoes in a Canyon. Yes. Oh, yeah. I love that. Actually, I have that poster on my wall 
right there. There you go. There you go. Um, so yeah, that's his, that was his first documentary as a writer director. Um, I did look Fiona up Apple was in that. some of his other. Pr- yeah. Yes. Um, he did produce a couple Warren Zevon records. Sentimental hygiene. That was that was uh, that was him. Uh, Transverse City, also him. Not as good as Sentimental Hygiene. Um, and he did the Hindu Love Gods. If you remember that, Wayne. You don't know what that is, do you? The Hindu Love Gods. I'm not a fan. I, I'm not. Or no, they exist. Sorry, okay. that's what I meant. So it's so it's Warren Zevon with the members of REM. Oh, wow. That's Hindu love. Then there's guns. no way I don't love it. So, you you got you get some homework to do. I think that's it. Oh, recording the the mixing was Mark Endert, and he has been nominated for lots of different Grammy awards. Uh, worked on Madonna's Ray of Light, Sarah Bareilles' The Blessed Blessed Unrest, Lauren Daigle. Anyways. More information that you ever wanted to know. All right. um, Last trivia piece for Grammy Awards. So she was nominated for Best New Artist in 97, and she didn't win. So let's, let's see if you guys can pick who she lost out to. Ready? Ready. Erica Badu. Love Erica. I love Erica. Hanson. Oh, did she lose to Hanson? Paula Cole and Puff Daddy. Those are your nominees. Who did who did Fiona lose to? I hope Paula Cole. I was hoping Erica Badu. But I have it's a Paula, feeling it's either it's, is it Paula it's Cole? Paula. Yeah, it's Paula. I remember that. I had that album too. That was huge. It, it was. was. I saw album. her at Lilith Fair. Yeah. And that's a that, and that's a great album. That's a really good album. That is a great album. I just listened to that a couple weeks ago. So, anyways, you guys ready to dive into this? Yeah. yeah you guys ready to it. do track by track? All right, so as a reminder, our scoring is based off of number of songs on the record. Wayne, how many songs on this record? Ten. Do you, do you hear the glee in his voice, it's Abigail? number for a record. Yeah. So anytime we go over 10, Wayne gets a little old man it's cranky-ish. Not it's not true. Uh, it's all lies. It is to- it's totally true, which, uh, which means top song is going to get 10 points. Next favorite song, nine points on down to lowest score of one. So we're going to kick this off with Sleep to Dream. All right. this was one of the singles uh this was the second single off of the off of the record 
Um, alternative airplay peaked at number 28. So not a huge, not a huge song for, for her, uh, on the alternative charts. Didn't, didn't hit on the, the regular top 40. I'm just going to throw this over to Wayne cause you gave it the higher score out of, uh, the three of us. Oh, well, and I, I think that it's, there's a defiance in it that I obviously take to, but I think I love... That's why you like it. From a production standpoint, too, it starts kind of clunky, almost like you're getting up the nerve to start a difficult conversation, and it, it smooths out after that. Um, and I think mm. that I felt like that was totally on purpose. Um, I love the I love the inspiration, that line that inspires the title about, you know, I got my feet on the ground. I don't need to go to sleep to dream, especially when you're talking to someone that you broke up with. Like, I'm living my best life. I just go to sleep because it's biologically necessary. Um, I, I just love the way she just it's because the swagger just builds as it goes along. And uh, I and she just and she does this on the whole album, but she uses these she makes great word choices like deviant ways really paints a picture um, or just the line. I have never been so insulted in all my life. Like she's just really, and then, you know, you start throwing hell in there and it, you're, you're making, she makes her point on all of these songs. This is a breakup record. And, um, and she just starts it out. Right. But like I say, there's a defiance in this that I think is, is part of that, that line in the chorus about, you know, I don't. I don't need you. I don't. Need, I don't need to dream when I'm asleep. I'm. A, I'm. It's a lot like "Rocks Off" by uh, Mick Jagger. It's like I'm living my best life. I'm. This is me. This is. This is happening right now. I only sleep because I have to. All right. I love it. Abigail, what do you got on this one? I gave it an eight. I love this song, but um, yeah, defiant. That's a good word. Then, and when you're 15 years old and you're pissed off at your parents like it's a breakup song but i can specifically remember like laying in bed with my best friend karen in her little green room and our friend had just given us this album we put it on and just to hear this woman's voice come out and sing like just the truth and just angry and not karen and i've got my own hell to raise and what all do i have on here oh i love that i could swallow the seas to wash down all this pride like you're right the imagery in this this whole album her vocabulary i remember having to get the dictionary out to figure out what half the words were and i thought that was so cool like she did not dumb it down she kind of didn't even care if her audience could keep up with her which i love it's just it's so fiona and and i think that she's doing that now musically not just lyrically um like i know i I, i'm on record of saying and and you can you can go listen to the back tapes on on this but i'm on record of saying fetch the bolt cutters is my favorite album of last year and it's and it's because i feel like she just covered so much different ground that it wasn't just digging deep into the lyrical stuff but she went all over the place musically so and for some people it hits it hit me um so and and honestly what do you guys think of this as your album opener it's top notch way to go i love yeah this is this is how you do it i mean 
you you don't want to start with pale September or sullen girl or anything like that because you're just going to like lull people to you know right from the gate. Now nah, she punches you in the face and that yeah. So I kind of feel bad about my score. I gave it a six, but I I do still really dig this song. I just happened to dig a few others more. Wayne, what was your score on this one? I gave it a nine, and I think that there's a the line in here, don't you plead me your case. I think that ties in really good with my favorite song on this record that's that's coming up. Okay. All right. Perfect. All right. Sullen Girl is next. notes on this one abigail what what do you got on sullen girl so i love that this one follows sleep to dream because sleep to dream to me is like defiant but to the point of almost like wearing yourself out and sullen girl just has this almost lethargic like there was something that made me sad about listening to this whole album and i don't know if it was like the melancholy of going back to the It's the latter half. I think it's the latter half of the song. It could be, but also like when I was remembering yeah. what she went through when this album came out, like that speech that she gave, like don't try to be like this industry, like don't look to us for right. like she was all about like just be yourself, like be authentic. And the au- Was that the MTV Music yeah. Awards? Is that is that the one you're talking about? And yeah. like I just remember like when you're 15 years old and you're trying to find your own voice anyways, like that's when you're going through that whole, like, who am I? My parents are wrong. I'm trying to become myself. I may or may not look like what they want me to look like. And you're, you know, and you hear an album like this and you've got like, there's this, this strong woman who has these lyrics that are so articulate and they're so vulnerable and heartfelt and just fearless and then to see the world just come in and knock her down the way they did at the age that I was at the time, it was almost traumatic to like listen to this album again. Like I like went to a coffee shop and sat there and like read the lyrics. And I realized that at the time that the album came out, I felt so much of this, like that anger. And then Sullen Girl comes in and it's just like, you're just so exhausted. It like trying to be yourself days like this. I don't know what to do with myself anymore. Like I wander the halls and I'm like, God, yeah, that sometimes you, I take flight. I'm like, yeah. Yes. I was just going to say, I mean, you're, you're bringing up the man. I need to recharge after that opening opening song. And, and she even says, you know, I say to myself, I need fuel to take flight. There's too much going on, but it's calm under the waves. So, yeah, I can totally yeah, get that. Yeah, I dig the order of That's this cool. album. 
Yeah. Wayne, anything? Uh, it's all in girl. This one grew on me. I mean, it's got a lower score, which is it's it's just a victim of your callous scoring system that you that you've created. Callous, and I think it's callous. it most started from sullen goat because um, it just reminded me of uh, the kink song "Stop Your Sobbing" and the Pretender song. Yeah. But what I like about the song, one of the reasons it did grow on me is she acknowledges in the song real quick that she wasn't always a sullen girl. This is this is you know she's a victim of, of circumstances, but she, I liked how she acknowledged that it wasn't always this way and that she can even see that be, that being a selling girl is not, is not going to make you popular. Um, so I like that. I like also her voice is just so amazing because in this, it has this hushedness, but it still maintains that strength and, and depth a lot like Billie Holiday or Nina Simone, uh, yeah. So I I like say that she has an incredible voice, um, and this song just suffered from from an, from a, I got a, it got off to a rough start because like you say I'm wore out from coming out of that first track, and so there's always it feels yeah. like there's always a letdown anyway, and then this song is so drastically different. Yeah, I get it. What was your score on this one? A three. And Abigail. I think it was. A, oh, mine was a four. Wow. Yeah, your your scoring system is brutal. <laughs> I know. I'm sorry. Um, my mine's also. You know that th- that line in here, which I never I never picked up on. I used to sail the deep and tranquil sea, but he washed me. He took my pearl and left an empty shell of me. And when after I had like remembered that she had been raped and actually talked about that, like that just that line ripped my heart out. But I also think that there was something about, yeah. for me at the time, and even now, like, there's this childhood innocence that you lose when you're, you know, starting to explore relationships and be whoever somebody else wants you to be and fit into whatever that is that just, I don't know. There's that theme in this whole yeah. album no, about, you like, childhood and you... Yes. And, whether you know the rape story or you don't know the rape story, there's this loss of innocence in this album that, God, yeah. she just nails how real that is. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I was going to say, whatever you're saying could apply to like three or four oh, other yeah, songs so on, true. This, on this record. Yeah. All right. Next song is Shadow Boxer. is also known as the reason why I bought this album back in 96. I mean, I I I saw the video on VH1 and I'm like, uh, I'm hooked. So I went out and bought it Best Buy or wherever the crap I was buying records at that time. Um, hit in the top 40, uh, topped out at number 32. But this set the course for her. I mean... Great, great lead single. Yeah, Abigail, 
you you and I both picked this as our top yeah. song. Why why did you pick it? I I mean I love this song. It's it's so strong and determined, and I love the production on it. It sounds like just the way it starts. It's like it sounds like a boxing. You just hear it. I don't know. Right. It put a spell on me. She's got that in the lyrics. It yeah. Just, I d- and I didn't want to pick this as I my top because I'm like, you know, I I hate to, to, to pick the first single and the reason why I became a Fiona fan, but um, every time I would put it on, I'm just like, oh, I, there's, like I said, there was a reason why I bought this album and this was the reason why. Wayne, um, why why are we not unanimous in our in our in our top uh, song? Because there was another song okay. that I that I two songs apparently that I like better but th- I I absolutely agree this is a great song um it does have a different you can hear something different when it starts that the piano's bigger um it's a little more jazzier um and but I love shadow boxing as an analogy because that's and on two levels um cuz they'll have you box trainers will have you shadow box first that's the first thing they'll have a boxer do that uh, before before you go in the ring so like it gets you apparently it helps you visualize fighting somebody right so it's like training it's like getting ready because remember this guy gave her the uh i think we should just be friends and and that this is not over she's not accepting that and she's gonna wait and pick her spot but also shadows are not really there they're not physical so now you're fighting something that's that's also not there so i think it works as as a, as you know as an analogy in this song perfectly and i once again i think she uses great word choices cunning condescend and rapture recapture reverence she's using just words that that paint pictures a lot lot more vivid pictures with just one word than yeah and abigail that's the reason why i keep him around even though he has like bees in his headphones so <laughs> So, anyways. <laughs> just in my office. They're not in my head. <laughs> just, just in your office. All right. What was your score again, Wayne? I gave it an eight. All right. My 10. Abigail? I gave it a 10. Yeah. All right. Criminal. That's next. third single from the album um highest her highest charting single peaked at number 21 on the billboard hot 100 number four on the modern rock tracks and most importantly since we already brought up the mtv music awards yeah this was played like every 20 minutes on mtv so kind of a big deal um so Wayne, I'm just throwing it on to you because I, I, I've long maintained this is one of the best songs of the '90s, um, and I, I did rewatch the video because I just remembered it being kind of creepy. And it so, is totally creepy. But it gave me I got 
this different perspective from the video that I never, I don't think I quite got from the song before. It almost, there's, there's two different, um, she's got two different emotions that are singing, because this is very much a flip side of uh, Sleep to Dream. Like this time she hurt somebody, um, whether intentionally or unintentionally it happened. And she's, so in the verse, she's very, and it's disingenuous. She doesn't reach the point of sarcasm, but she she is not being, that's what she's saying is not what she actually means. She She knows what she did and she's not sorry about it. She doesn't feel any guilt. But in the chorus, there's a very, there's a much stronger emotional, um, there's regret. Like she does, that's where, there's this great duality in it that I, that I got. I didn't, I didn't necessarily notice until I that's saw it in the house. video and, and you can that's see her. Yeah, you can see her doing it. It somehow you you can catch it in the video easier. But I can yeah. say this was what well, I say. She uses plead your case in uh, sleep to dream, and in this one, obviously the the very the big the very first line of the chorus is, um, "I need a good defense." So I thought that that wasn't a coincidence. I think she's it's a way to tie those two songs together because I think it's a very similar situation. With one of them, she's the victim, and one of them, she's the perpetrator. Abigail, what what do you what do you like about Criminal? Oh, I dig this song. It's it's a really fun one to sing. I remember I used to cover this a long time ago, and it's so fun to like unleash and put at the end of the set, at the end of the night, and just be angry. Um, I found it fascinating that she wrote the song in forty five minutes because they wanted her to have a single. They wanted her to have a hit. Then they needed her to write, they wanted her to write the song. And they were right, but she wrote it in 45 minutes. And it kind of, like you were saying, Wayne, it's it's kind of the flip side of the other stuff that she's saying. Like, she she takes that, that victim mentality and turns it around. And this is the one that she got beaten up for in terms of the video. And I mean, she got so much flack for that video. I mean, she won the award for it, but at the same time, there was so much criticism. Yeah. About, you know, the half-clothed, looks like she's drugged out. I don't know that... that it's a, a creepy video. video. I it's couldn't creepy. even make it's myself watch it again. Um, I yeah. did because well, I didn't think it was... I said, I'm just thinking that it's creepier than it actually creepy. is. And then I watched and I was like, no, it absolutely is. Yeah, it's, full, full disclosure, I didn't watch I it I couldn't again. do it. I just, I just, I'm like, I watched it enough in the 90s. I'm good. I'm good. Um, oh, I've got one. I've got one last piece of uh, of Grammy trivia for you guys. So this was nominated for best rock song, but didn't Ooh. win. So let's see if you guys can figure out from these nominees. So the Wallflowers are nominated twice. Once for the difference, and then one headlight. Dave Matthews for Crash Into Me. And then there's Meredith Brooks again with Bitch. Oh, did she win? I feel like Dave Matthews' band won. What do you think, Abigail? Bitch didn't win, did it? No. Well, that makes One headlight. Ah, well, that's fine. They they had the best chance, that's for sure. Yeah, they did. No, but they, the yeah. odds were in their favor. Go, go Going back to what Abigail was saying about winning the lottery. So, yeah, yeah. You don't play, you I don't win. That's the, that for, uh, 
I think on that Grammys they performed at, and I think Bruce Springsteen performed one headlight with them. That's a that's a great rendition too. He, he you, I mean, how cool is it to have the boss singing your song when you're like right. that's your first? Of course, you're Bob Dylan's kid, but still. Right. Right. Anyway, that'd be cool for the rest of the guys. Sure. <laughs> sure. All right. This is my nine, Abigail. Oh, what did I give Criminal? Oh, I gave it a nine too. All right, Wayne. I gave it a 10. Okay. Next is Slow Like Honey. Wayne, you already brought up Billie Holiday. That's what I have on my notes. That's all I've got. It, this has a very Billie Holiday vibe to it. Whether or not she was going for that, I don't know. But Billie Holiday always had this, like, I don't even know how to describe it. But you could tell that there was there's some pain there. And this feels this feels like that. Accurate. Yeah, I mean, I think all of these have uh, pain. Like, with almost no exception, there it's a breakup record. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Abigail, anything on slow like? Oh, I just wrote that it's so sensual. It's like Hmm. there's such a sensual vibe to this one, especially that bridge. uh, So I stretch myself across like a bridge. I don't know. That's I. It is. It's a sexy song. Like the order of this album, you start with anger and then like, um, like lethargy, and then she's the the fighter comes back. It's almost like she she sits down in the ring and then she comes back as the fighter and then she totally seduces you with criminal, and then she's really sensual. I just dig the order of this album. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't even notice that the sensual part until you brought up that that particular. And verse. honey, I mean, slow like honey, like. Yeah. It's he- just. Is it heavy with yeah, mood? It is. That's, that's. Ah, nice. Shall I release you? Must I release you as I rise to meet my glory? Okay. All right, and I get you it. Yield to me I, like a scent in the breeze. Like she, she can. She can. Uh, sometimes she overdoes it or she'll get she'll border on cliche but when she's when she's on I mean some like the one is a though dreams can be deceiving like faces are two hearts okay wow yeah all right anything else on slow like honey no not for me scores okay scores uh, Abigail what's your score trying to find my window here we go oh I gave it a five Okay, Wayne. A four. What's one thing I will say is it's the longest song in the record, and it doesn't. It doesn't necessarily. Feel, there were there were a couple of times where I would think to myself, "Wow, I think this has gone on a while." And just like on cue, it just wraps up and she she ends it. So it's it's the it's the perfect length. It is. It's almost six minutes, but it's still she carries it the whole way. 
I'll bring up the link thing here in in a few minutes. Um, yeah, I didn't I didn't notice that it was almost six minutes long. Um, I gave it a seven. I had higher score than you guys. Um, next song is First Taste. I'm just going to throw this out. I have the highest score out of all of you. Um, oh, mine's pretty high, too. Uh, this is my eight. I love this song. It's very Sade-esque. Absolutely. And it's, and it's got also a little, written in my notes. Yeah, it's got a, a little bit of this trip-hop thing that was kind of starting to be like, you know, mid-90s um, kind, of, kind of a thing during that time. Um, maybe a little Beth Orton-esque as well. Uh, I just love like the start where it's predominantly her vocals before the funky beats kind of come out into play, and that uh, I I highlighted one verse, the one verse of "Oh, your love gives me a heart confusion." Adagio breezes fill my skin with sudden. Ra- I mean, it's it's poetry. Love it. So, anyways, I'll shut up now. But this is yeah, this is my eight. Um, Wayne, anything on first taste? Oh, you know, and I like I like that little. There's like a little Latin beat buried in there, and it, and it makes you. It kind of paints this picture. You know, this girl on vacation. She wants this guy, and he's playing yeah. hard to get. And it's and and she's loving every minute of it. It's but it and that adagio is Italian for slowly, so yep. it definitely has a Mediterranean uh, vibe. But I like that it's totally different than anything that's gone on. So. We, you know, and that's a this is a great place for it at number six. This would have because I don't think this was released on vinyl till just recently, but this was probably the, this would probably be the beginning of the second side. And now we've kind of gone through the moody piano pieces, and and she just completely shakes it up. I, I thought it was a great a great way to kind of just reinvigorate the listener with something completely different. Yeah. Abigail, anything? I gave this one a six, but I love this song. I went back and listened to it right before we jumped on. That Adagio Breezes line, I've always remembered that. This is one of those, the way she uses words. It reminded me that when yep. when I was in high school, I used to clip cool words out of magazines or like cool phrases like Adagio Breezes. And I had a fishbowl on my dresser and I just throw like cool words in my little word bank. Um, I, I didn't start writing songs till I was in my 20s. But this is one of those songs that made me addicted to words, just like Adagio Breezes and... And it's trippy. It's got like this almost like drug induced, but not, not, it's just a little high. It's just after you've fought yourself to death and you've like the lethargy. I love that. I never thought about it on vinyl being number six. Like you would flip it over and it's almost like, it's to me, it's almost like screw it, whatever. Let's go like, let's go (laughs) be alive for a second. 
Yeah, all that fighting. Let's go on vacation. That's the way it. Find some sand and some sunshine, and a cute guy to chase us around, or pretend that he doesn't want to when we know that he does. And Daddy Long Legs, I feel. I love. I don't know the imagery in that song. I love. I think Adagio Breezes. That that sounds like a good title for record number four for you. Oh, I like that. Adagio Breezes. It's either that or like um, a Boss Gags record. Either one. All right. Um, did I get scores? Uh, I gave it a six. I got I scores. Think. Did I tell you that? Wayne. I gave it a seven. All right. And this is my eight. All right. Never is a promise is next. at scores and I feel bad for my three um it could have been my lowest score in fact I gave points for the parts where she hits the high notes in this um the strings were too much for me on this oh, one. I thought they used it because I will say really? one of my favorite combinations yeah. is a sultry strong sultry female voice and a baby grand piano and I think they use the strings in spots and then they they just more or less fade away they just use them to emphasize something but when in i mean john bryan is all over this one right oh yeah you can feel his influence all over this particular song but i thought they used the strings perfectly here like they let her and the piano go most of the time and then just when they need when they wanted something extra i'm sorry I'm sorry for my three. Abigail, what what's your, what what do you got on this one? I think I gave this one a seven. I love this one. It's so vulnerable. It's so honest and vulnerable. It's just raw to me. It's like the others have this emotion in it. Like um, they're defensive. There's a shield. And all the other songs, I feel like there's a shield of some okay. sort. And this one to me has this like sadness that is like truth without resolution. It's like, okay, this is how it is. I don't know. I dig yeah. it. And I like the strings. Okay. I, I like the strings in, in the other songs. I really do. <laughs> Just not in I this one. I know. Quit pandering. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm not trying to pander. Like I say, and to me, never is, is very, I mean, cause I, I try to, I try not to use the words never or always because I always use those. Very rarely are they true. <laughs> I, I, I thought you never did. Uh, but so using it, never is a very strong, yep. it's a very strong word. And like I say, I think as, as a, and she uses it, I highlighted it several times in here. Um, so she, she's definitely hurt. I mean, this is about a very bad, very hard, very difficult breakup that, and she's using the word never to try to to get herself back up my wife's therapist said that um there's there's a term for it because i i use always and never and you always do that i i do it all the time i 
I always, whenever someone uses it, and it's usually someone that doesn't want to hear my. And I just, and I, did you notice that I just said, I, I said, I, yeah. I do it all the time. I point it out because I need, I, I need so much therapy. But it's, it, that's, it's not true. And that just gets me in more trouble, but. <laughs> there you go. All right. Uh, enough, enough about us telling on ourselves. All right. The child is gone is next. This is my lowest score, um, mostly because I feel like this is very shadow boxer in certain spots, um, and she does it so much better on shadow boxer, lyrically better, musically better. I don't know, Wayne. You you have the highest score out of all of us. I you know what? And I thought she. I mean, loss of innocence came up earlier, and maybe that this is a, a bit too textbook. But I think I liked. I, I felt like she really captured this. Um, I thought she used some some very poetic lines, you know, from the roots of my soul come a gentle co- coercion. Another great word, yeah, like, doesn't get highlighted. used enough. Um, you know, give me your absence tonight. Like, get out of here. Go. You know, just and not probably the physical person, but the memory of the person. Like, just free me from it. Um, so I thought she... Yeah, I like that. You know, because, I mean, this... At this time, when this came out, I think she was 19. 18. So, I mean, she's, yeah, so she's growing up. And so I thought the child is gone. I mean, and it's through all of these things, you know, but particularly these these relationships are are, are making her be a grown-up. And I thought she she made, she it, it translated. I, I got that from this song. Abigail, anything? Yeah, the, definitely the loss of innocence. There was so much about this one that was just like, kind of heartbreaking to me like take all of your sympathy like i don't want your pity the one before there's like such a vulnerability it's like you open yourself up and speak some kind of truth with this raw vulnerability and then the very next song you're like i'm speaking my truth but i don't want your sympathy like leave me alone i don't want to talk about it there's nothing left to say yeah this one give me your absence give me your absence that's another great album title. There you go. Album five. I'm working on album it. five for you, Abigail. All right. Um, all right. Um, scores, Wayne. Uh, five. Okay, Abigail. I gave this one a three. All right. And I already told you this is my lowest. All right. Next song, Pale September. I think I would have given this a higher score if it wasn't five minutes and 50 seconds. Like we already talked about the length. There's a lot of songs on this record that are five and a half minutes long. Like I didn't even bring up, I didn't even bring up the fact for like criminal, like the radio edit is like four minutes, 43 seconds that shaves off like a minute and some off of the, uh, off of the song. 
Um, so she does have a lot of long songs. Some of them, it's fine. For this one, it's just a little too long for me. I don't know. I'll, I'll shut up now. Well, it did make me think of how many good songs there are with the word September in the title. I, I don't necessarily... This isn't among them. Uh, September Girls. Well, uh, the September of Our Life. I mean, I think Frank Sinatra has a couple. September by Earth, Wind, and Fire. That, that uh, GNR song, September, September Rain. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. That's, I'm kidding. that's the early demo version. Uh, that's the demo version. Okay. So, yeah. And it's, like I say, it starts to feel long around four minutes. And it, and it doesn't, it's not, it's not boring necessarily, but it just kind of fades into the background. At some point, I, I find myself not listening to it anymore. This, I will say this. So over the last couple of weeks, this is an album that I've put on the background while I'm working. This is a fantastic background music album. You want to do the dishes? Put on title. You want to do some, some uh, project management work? Um, put on title. So there's my endorsement for background music. All right. Fair warning, this is our lowest scored song. This is my two, Wayne. Also my two. Abigail. It's my one. Okay. It's just, I think I'm worn out by the end of the album to have one this slow. And the imagery, the imagery doesn't do, doesn't grab me like the others. No. No. Agreed. All right. Carry on. That's our last track. And this didn't track very high for you, you two. Did you did you guys run out of numbers, or do you really not like this uh, one? As much? I will I will concede that the that it gets very John Bryan at the end. Uh, yes, and that it does uh, with about a minute and twenty left. Uh, John Bryan starts to put on a, sa- a sound effect show, and that I I didn't think it was necessary. I think as a title. Um, because carry on is decaying Brilliant. flesh of a dead animal. Like, I mean, that's putting yeah. your point. That's putting an exclamation on the point. I thought that was great. Um, I think, but it's a guitar song. Um, there's, I don't, I don't hear a lot of piano. If any, I know I hear some organ, but not, it's mostly guitar. And I think, I think when somebody plays the piano so well and there's and, and, and there's all these tr- great tracks with the piano, you I didn't notice it at first, but I think I I think I miss it. I like the fact that it's different and I like the frenetic ending of this. I but but also I'm a sequencing sequence guy. So I I love when you go out with this. I'm glad that she she chose Carry On as the last song instead of choosing you know pill september or whatever because i yeah i just i i i love it i love it as the last song so i gave it my five 
Really? Yeah. Oh, wow. I th- Wayne, what'd a- you give it? I gave it a two. I gave it a one. I thought it starts to repeat at the end. Also, from lyrically, I thought I would have liked a more def- defiant. I mean, there's a there's the lyrics are kind of wishy-washy, like, you know, there, there was one line in here about do this, but eh, or don't. I mean, I would have liked something more like I've moved on, like I'm done with this. Because um, I think it's such a great title. I think if you know what it is, that it's just, it's it's a an unbelievably, like no one uses the word carry on unless you're talking about traveling on an airplane. I think she nailed it uh, <laughs> title wise, but I thought lyrically she didn't give me the the exclamation point. The slamming door is what I was looking for. And John Bryan starts getting all goofy at the end with the door. Just close it. I like done. I I felt I, I I felt like they gave me the exclamation point. So I think for me this is the one that it becomes background music. Like I like the song. Yeah. I don't not like the song. But by the time I get to Pell September, I'm not paying attention anymore. Yeah. No, I I, I get it. I, and the rest of the album just kind of fades out and I dig it and I would like put it on repeat and listen to it all day long and I would not turn this track. Yeah. But I don't pay attention to it either. Okay, fair enough. Like I said, I I dig it, and I'm glad. That's I'm glad. So cool. I'm and I'm glad that Wayne and I are differing on something because man, we've been agreeing a lot <laughs> lately on on scores, and I don't like that. I just I don't like that. Yeah, All right. Um, did we cover everything? Did we miss anything? I think we I think we did a pretty good job. Okay. So, um, any guesses on number one? Oh, criminal. What do you think, Abigail? I would say criminal or shadow boxer. You're both right. <laughs> uh, it, it's a tie. Oh, really? It's a tie. Yeah. With Wayne giving shadow boxer is eight that uh, tied it up. So 9.33 average score for both of those. Uh, Sleep to Dream is our third with an average score of 7.66. We've got the first taste. That's our fourth, and then we've got a tie for fifth. Slow Like Honey and Never Is a Promise. So we really have a top six for this one. Which That's cool. Yeah, I'd be I'd be okay if it was carry on this <laughs> six, but guys tank that. Alright. I'm not bitter. I'm not bitter. I'm just tired. I'm just I'm just tired. I'm just not, I'm not really not bitter. Alright. Um this was fun, Abigail. Yeah, I, this was so fun. Thank you so thank much. Thank you for picking this one. Um, you know, we've already done a Fiona episode. We did Win the Pawn, what, about a year and a half ago, Wayne? Yep, Tucker Rule. Yeah. Um, and I'm waiting for somebody to pick Fetch the Bullet I Cutters. I just think with doing Jewel Pieces of You last Tuesday, Fiona Apple's title this Tuesday, we got to get somebody to do Paula Cole's uh next tuesday yeah. we we have to do like a lilith fair week and then something. after that we need to have somebody do sean colvin's um, Wait, no, you don't want to get carried away i think okay. i think paula cole next week would be the perfect <laughs> have you done jagged little pill yet we did yes, we did that was one of our okay that first. was a good one yeah that was that was fun kaylee shore was on that episode mm. she's she's a riot um all right, so we ask all of our guests, who do you know that I don't know that should come on our podcast to talk about one of their favorite records? 
Okay, so you've got Emily Scott Robinson on your. To, on your she's list on the. Already, she's right? on the reach out list. Yes. Hmm. Have you done Corby Linker? Uh, no. Have not. He's got a new album out. Okay. He's in Nashville. He's an interesting dude. He's a total bookworm. Okay. He's a. Uh, I. I. Yeah, I don't know why he just popped in my mind. Okay. I have no idea why he just popped in my mind, but he did. Okay. So. Well, reach reach out to Corby and and we'll um we'll 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 do the rest okay cool um where can people find you oh i'm mostly on instagram these days uh i check in on facebook but it's a little noisy i like the images i like pretty pictures instagram i don't have to read i can just look and keep scrolling and i'm on instagram and i'm on facebook but you know, my website, abigaildell.com. Okay. I throw videos and stuff okay. up there. So that's a good way to keep up with me. But best of all, like, come find me at a show somewhere. I love seeing people, man. I miss live music. So you so out much. and about this summer? I am out and about. We're heading to Appaloosa Fest. Okay. Um, we're playing Sunday at Appaloosa Fest, which will have already happened by the time this comes out, no doubt. But yeah, we're out and about. We're just kind of going with the flow and seeing. Who's open and we're like the river. Okay. Wherever it takes us, we'll be there. There you go. We're like the river and we're going to flood your house. Yeah, I was going to say, back to your own house. <laughs> I would love to flood your house with my new album. There you go. There you go. Uh, and you've, you've got the endorsement of us. Like I said, I've been listening oh, to absolutely. it. I've been listening to it a lot. So. And the, I appreciate and, it. That's cool. And go check out Leah after this and tell me what you think. I will. All right. Uh, as a reminder, you can find all of our old episodes by going to recordsrevisitedpodcast.com. You can find us on the socials as well. I'm Wayne, I'm really thinking about getting rid of the Facebook page. There's not a whole lot of interaction there lately. Uh, Twitter, Twitter is where you find me most, uh, at Podcast Records on Twitter. Wayne, he does the Instagram page. Where are we at there? At Records Revisited Podcast. And then, of course, you can find all of our episodes on all the major platforms. And don't forget to join our Patreon. You can get episodes uh, early. I, I I was saying previously, Wayne, a week early, but um, my editing has not been great, especially with... You got um, bogged down with Mark Bryan. It's understandable. I, I got bogged down with the, that episode. Mark Bryan's internet did you in. Uh, so, uh, but you can contribute at the guest revisitor level and you can join us on an episode to talk about one of your favorite records and we're starting to do those episodes. So be on the lookout for some Ray LaMontagne, some Gaslight Anthem. We've got another Bruce, um, Bruce episode coming up, which, um, that Patreon guest just got a nice little gift here yes um should i spoiler alert yeah i think you should all right so caroline spence is joining us for that episode as well uh and we love caroline um she's already been on for another bruce album all right so go to patreon.com slash records revisited podcast for all the details there so thanks for listening. Please go support the arts. Go to a live show. Maybe find Abigail at one of those live shows. Uh, buy a t-shirt of the band. Uh, maybe one that says Steve Poltz on it. Um, buy a record. 
Visitor Record Store, and not just on Record Store Day, we are Records Revisit, and we are... Out. Out. Out.